five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. We are the People Movers, and we are back again, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite stuff. Motorcycles, bicycles, all kinds of different modes of transportation. VW considering often something that doesn't seem like it's its baby, but they have loved ever since. And maybe the Geneva Motor Convention coming back next year. But first off, Jason, how was your day? It was wonderful. How was yours? It was good. It was good. Um... I got a serious question for you. We like to play this game with cars all the time to any listeners. We love to play What Can You Buy With $100,000. Now, that game's changed uh, a lot. You know, it's changed a lot over the years, but we still like to play it. It's a really interesting umbrella to argue about, but now we're going to play it in a different way. We love motorcycles. That's no secret to anyone who knows us at all. We're huge motorcycle riders, lovers, the whole nine, but would you spend a hundred thousand dollars on a motorcycle jason what would it take um gosh flight. what would it take i i'm i don't i can't even it would take put into flight. words what it would take for to get me to spend a hundred grand on a motorcycle um full hover bike the bike yeah maybe a hover bike okay yeah. i like that yeah and, and a, and a week a... on indoor to go ride it through the woods <laughs> yeah, yeah it'd have to be a speeder bike basically without question yeah without Otherwise, question not interested yeah, but I mean, for me personally, I don't know. I really don't know, considering you can go bikes, buy bikes for less than $30,000 that are 220 horsepower and all. But the two examples we're going to talk about really quick that make you scratch your head, because if there was a company that could pull $100,000 out of you for a motorcycle, it'd be Aston Martin. Aston Martin, out of nowhere. We're going to make a motorcycle, and we're going to make 100 of them. They call it the AMB001. What do you think that stands for? Um... Aston Martin Bond 001. <laughs> no, I don't know. Aston Martin's always Aston playing Martin up their 007 lineage, yeah. so it'll yeah. probably appear in a Bond film Either. and it'll have some guy <laughs> in there. That's actually, you know what, I, it would fit right in a Bond film because that's the thing I do like about it, and that is the thing that makes it look like $100,000 is it really does look dynamic and unlike anything you've ever seen on the road. It's carbon fiber and all these kind of crazy things, but the overall shape of it, Jason, I like it. I really like it. I dig it. I think it's futuristic but still you know reminiscent of something familiar enough it's great i have so many questions about that bike i mean did they develop the engine in-house or no. is it in partnership with another yeah no no, no, no. they bike um, manufacturer or? yeah they did not um at all uh, do the motor or anything like that it's made by a uh, brow superior which is a really famous british builder um it's a turbocharged motor making it's a yeah it's a, th- a one liter motor making 180 horsepower with 180 kilos dry um, it's a V twin. So, well, know. I don't want to dump cold water on Aston Martin, but number one, would I pay a hundred grand for a bike from a non-bike company? No. I mean, but it's um, designed by Aston. It's constructed by a very right. prestigious bike company. But I wonder if they're aware of a bike called the Kawasaki H <laughs> two, but that's not, that's <laughs> a, but that's the thing though, is if it's a hundred thousand dollars, I agree with you on that. Like they're different animals, but at the same token, if you spend a hundred thousand dollars, it better be tops in all categories. That seems weak to me, to be honest, a hundred thousand dollars and you get 180 horsepower. You, I can go spend $20,000 and get over 200. Oh yeah. We BMW get right now today. Oh, we could, we yeah, if you have $20,000 budget, the amount of used boosts, S1000, double R's. I mean, you, like, yeah, it just doesn't seem, I thought the power number would be more impressive, but I agree with you. I really like the look of the bike. It looks yeah. like something out of, out of science yeah. fiction or something. And yeah, that's the really thing cool. that gets you. But then as I'm reading about this, you know, the, the wheels are, 
they're forged from aluminum. You know, that's expensive, but you know, they're not, I don't know. That adds a lot to the price, but I'm like seriously looking at stuff, trying to add it up. And uh, how do you get to a hundred thousand dollars? I'm looking at an image that shows like the gauge cluster and everything, which That's is very tight. nice and yeah. fantastic. But I see where the hundred thousand dollars is in th- is in that shot right there. You can see an Aston Martin logo on the tank. <laughs> yes, and so, well, that's worth about seventy nine thousand dollars right there. I mean, kind of like, and the, I guess they are they're going to be scandalously rare. You're never going to be up next to one of these at a light. You know, it's there's yeah. only making a hundred of them. So, so with this one, okay, well then let's segue from there to a different hundred thousand dollar bike. I can't believe that's a real thing that we're talking about. Yeah, the, the, wow, really lost his <laughs> damn mind. There's multiple six figure bikes, but either way, um, yeah, I could see, you know, a collector clearly has the money. They love Aston Martins and they want it in their garage. So I could see them making it and selling it for a hundred thousand dollars. Now we move on to Ducati who, yeah, they have a very, very, you know, huge following and, you know, crazy, crazy history, wonderful heritage company. But they, too, just took or started making deliveries of their 2020 Ducati Superleggera V4, which was $100,000. Again, again. Well, I mean, like we were saying before, I'd much have a have a much easier time spending my money with Ducati than yeah. Aston Martin. Um, I mean, however, these are a commoner's bike bike comparison brand 500 worldwide examples well is that a yeah i mean that's true the odds of running <laughs> that are pretty you know not that bad actually in some cases but you'll be taking comfort jason it's the most powerful ducati ever made so you don't have to sleep on the 180 horsepower right yeah You're you, don't on have the to, you don't have to get next to a stock jixer and worry about no. it taking your lunch buddy <laughs> you are the lunch line bully at that point i mean it but here's my problem with this bike though is it is 224 horsepower you can get a 215 plus horsepower ducati from factory for less than 26 grand nowadays that's a lot of money for 10 more horsepower and a little right. bit less weight boy and prestige and all that i get it it's one of 500 but then also here's my biggest problem with this bike dude when you look at it i mean damn to you know to the really untrained person if you lined up a bunch of the panigales and stuff over the generations and the current stuff and they're all in the red and the white yeah I, I agree with you i think to the uninformed it's just another red ducati <laughs> i mean we understand how special it is but i'm just saying to most people not that that matters but you know if you spend a hundred thousand dollars you'd love it if someone snapped their neck and said oh my lord that's a super legera v4 but right something <laughs> it's tells gonna be me a very specific type of person who would you, have that conversation with you though you jason know? you know hit me with one of the comments they'd probably hit you with probably something like I don't know, sweet Italian bike, or I love crotch rockets or something. No, you, I, I can tell you the exact comment you would never stop hearing if you mm. rode that Super Leggera. My buddy has the same bike. <sighs> <laughs> no, no, your buddy does not. <laughs> your buddy does not have the same You'd be hearing that bike. everywhere you go. Oh, my yeah. friend has the exact same one. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that a time or two in my day. Um, that... I think it's stunning. If I had to spend a hundred grand on one of those two, I'd have the Ducati. Oh, yeah. I know the Aston will be more collectible mm. and all that, but I'd have the Ducati. Oh man, actually, weirdly enough, I cannot believe we normally agree on everything. I got to disagree with you. I think I'd have the Aston. It's just so oh, get out of here. It's just so unique, and then also weirdly enough, the power plant. I don't have a V twin in my stable, let alone a turbocharged V twin. So I'll take that just from a unique standpoint. But I would, yeah, I don't fault I, you in one I bit. Would, <laughs> I would love it to pull up next to you on my bike that looks like it costs twenty five thousand dollars but really cost as much as you know well, a nicely used porsche I, you know i would love to pull up next to you and just let you know that there's a good chance that 
no one had an idea what they made. They just wanted to make something very pretty and put a good motor in it. I'm sure it's well, fantastic, but you would never even be able to ride your Aston Martin b- bike, Why? Brian, because Why? you'd have to scrape people off of it to be oh. able to leave on it. You well, know, it would be, it's a, that much of a pretty bike where it's just, it's a burden, you don't have to ride that bike. You can just park it in the yard. Next year, yeah, so. I mean, I'm telling you currently, currently there's a couple of bikes we have our eyes on or love, but those are not them. I'm not gonna lie. That doesn't move, <laughs> that doesn't move the needle for me at all. Even if I had the money yeah. to blow on that crap, which I don't, I don't good for those people who are going to get it though. Congratulations. Um, moving on. Uh, to still my favorite motorcycle company, but we're not going to talk about a motorcycle. That's terrible. Um, Triumph, Triumph Motorcycles, my favorite out there. Big loyal fan, but they're doing an e-bike now, Jason. And we wanted to talk about how you guys feel out there about brand crossover stuff. Ferrari is the most guilty of it. But, <laughs> you know, Jason, you love Porsche. Say your next road bike, you know, you're really shopping and Porsche puts out their next road bike. And by Never. next, I mean their first or whatever. You know, and you're yeah. like, does that move it? I mean, does that like really? No, no? not not at all. They um, engineered the fastest cars around the Nurburgring. They win the 24 hour Le Mans. Well, yeah, but they've never won any Tour de France's yet. <laughs> right? Never. Doesn't that give you some <laughs> excitement where you're like, hey, I'm gonna jump on? Like, come on. No? I love bicycles. I mean, I yeah, truly we both. Do. We I adore we, bicycles. I I don't own an e-bike. I'm more of a road biker. Um. But I I was explaining to my son earlier today since the Tour de France is going on like you know who's winning and all that and I don't know that's that's as close to Formula One as you get is road bikes you know because it's grams and oh, all yeah. that so I really appreciate that e bikes are a little different and when you told me Triumph was going to make an e bike I was picturing something more Thruxton esque you know more <laughs> about speed and power than right you know utility so when I first pulled up the image of this I kind of went huh. It's uh, <laughs> it's about the most utilitarian daily commuter bike you get. And by that, I mean like the comfortable stance you'd want out of a, you know, commuter bike around town. That yeah, mid flat bar commuter bike. Yeah, the flat bar say. hybrid kind of style between that sport and everything has a rear rack, but it also has a show of front end on it. So, yeah, I saw the suspended front end. I also saw the full fenders, which mm-hmm. I was going, that's a cool, that's like the stealthiest old man bike ever. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Now that we're sitting here talking about this, if I still cycled, which I do not, um, and I commuted or stuff like that. I mean, it's, 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 it's as expensive as any e-bike where I'm not even knocking them for the price. Cause if you look at competitive mm-hmm. e-bikes, it's not actually priced out that bad. It's $3,700, which sounds like a lot to me, but apparently that's what e-bikes cost, at least nice ones. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. Now that I look at it, I think the only thing that stopped me from buying it if I was in that market is that it's branded Triumph. <laughs> That's funny because, like I said, your garage is like a Triumph commercial Peppered. most of the times when you walk through yes. there. And so this seems like right at home in your stable. Isn't that so funny that one of my biggest prides is also one of my biggest embarrassments? Hmm. <laughs> oh, no. that, that crosses yeah. into brand horror stuff, though. You know what I mean? That's, not, that's like the guy who... You, because if I ride that and someone catches me and I say, well, I had to get it because I have a blah, blah, blah or whatever like that, that makes me seem like a liar and I'm just riding the bike and they don't know that I actually have what I'm saying I have. It's sort of worse than that, Brian. Oh, it's you know, worse? I mean, in the regard, you don't have to say anything and people are going to go, oh, I know, Brian. He'll buy anything that says Triumph on oh, it. You yeah. can sell him a shaving bag that says Triumph on yeah, it. Yeah, that guy, you know? Brian, he wears a satin Porsche jacket and driving gloves and sits at the end of the bar. Yeah. I, I, I will say, he has uh, a Camry. Ferrari, Porsche is probably the worst for hmm. applying their name to things. Hmm. You know, I mean. Mercedes Benz. 
Like, yeah, Porsche is bad. I, but, but I mean, an e-bike seems so much more in line with that. I'm not a big right. fan of manufacturer tie-ins. You know, I don't right. I don't see what a carbon fiber razor has to do with Ferrari, to be honest. Yeah, see, stuff like that. Yeah. No, that's just egregious, though. Like, we agree. Right. That has no place but, in the world. This has a place. But I was just saying, on, you know, I think on people movers, wow. we really have an appreciation for things you can use, you oh. know, that aren't. You know, there aren't the most finely honed track weapon or whatever, but hey, man, you can use it every day and it does what you want. And, you know, I was reading the stats on this 90 mile range on this bike. Yeah, I was just looking at that, too. That's crazy, actually. You know, I mean, to, to your point it's earlier, it does look extremely comfortable. It has disc brakes. And it's I mean, I think really it's cool. nice components. And, I mean, every component. I mean, no surprise, but I mean, every component on it is super nice, too. Well, and another thing that we're very much fans of on the show is we like understated things. And this is very much muted. I mean, if you didn't walk up to it and read the label, it looks like just an old man bicycle. Yeah. I mean, even the integration of the battery is, in my opinion, very clean. You know, it's in the well, down tube and it looks really clean. It looks like a chunky frame, but it's not offensively ugly, you know? You know, my favorite so, thing uh, about this is that before we've talked about this like twice, just quickly, not really much, but we've talked about it just when we saw it. And both times I was kind of going off the top ropes on it for other reasons. Now... I actually kind of like it now that we've sat and talked about it. Yeah. I, like I said, if you took the Triumph logo, even if you didn't, if let's just say you are one of those people that loves wearing those things to display your ownership of other things, which I am not, this is for you. And then I don't hate it. It'd be interesting to see one, but I still would probably think you're a tool that doesn't own a Triumph. But that's, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, Honestly, you know, when I first saw it, like I said, I was a little taken aback because I thought it would be something a little more about speed and power. And right. this looks more about like, you know, utilitarian. Yeah, I like usability. That, but then again, that's uh, like what a Bonneville is. It, you know, it is fast, but man, it's usable, comfortable, good looking, a whole yeah. lot. Understated. Maybe they just built the Bonneville of e-bikes. Oh my, that's, we're moving on. That's just a <laughs> bit much right there. Good job, Jason. Good one right there. Good one. Um, no, they did not build the Bonneville bikes. Nice bike though. Either way, <laughs> um, <laughs> VW, I didn't say they no, did. <laughs> I know I'm just being crass because I just love trying so much. I'm being guarded and protected. Um, let's see. VW here owns everybody nowadays, everything. You know, they have it's Lamborghini, true. True. They own Audi, Western Porsche. Europe. Yeah. They, they're so. just dominate the automotive landscape and just have their hand in every pot, which actually has turned out to be a good thing. At first, we don't know how much we like that, but now, uh, I hate to say it, there's a lot of cool parts bin special cars that they make. You know? Yeah, over the years, that's I feel like that's played out pretty good, to be yeah. honest. All the brands involved have had some high watermarks under this whole current regime, so we're pretty big Volkswagen AG fans, to be honest. Well, and quietly, I will say that I do hate certain things like the V8 that's in the Panamera is used in everything. You know, there's well, something about that's that. Modern unique. cars, right? I, feel, I was just going to say to the to the flip side of that. Yes, that's modern cars. You lose some of that, like Mercedes, one man, one motor, unique stuff, which is you know right. just a sign of the times. But it also trickles down to the cars like a Golf R. You know, that's basically an S3 in disguise and stuff like that. You know. I, it weighs out. But either way, with all those companies, Jason, which is the company that you think they'd most like to get rid of? Because it just doesn't seem very VW. I always thought it was the British brands. I thought it, I always mm. thought it would be like Bentley, yeah. you know, or, um, you know, something like yeah. that, because that doesn't seem very, which I will say, I feel like they have done a brilliant job of parlaying Bentley kind of back to relevance. They sort of yeah. went a little too far down the old man road for a while. And they, I feel like they have done a nice job. So when I heard the news 
that you're getting ready to reference, I was a little surprised. So who are they actually looking to offload, Brian? Rumors say they're doing Bugatti. And Bugatti, I mean, really, it's just been that, you know, on the tip of everyone's tongue for the last 10 years since the Veyron really came back. I mean, anybody who grew up with, you know, the EB1100s and stuff like that, you know, you love them, you know them. But then the Veyron came out, reset the bar, but it had this weird showy luxury quality to it, too, that attracted a whole different crowd, not just like hardcore car people. Um, then they've continued to follow it up, but it always, to me, has seemed like VW's technical exercise, like the Phaeton when they made that. Not a money maker, just a proving ground thing, which VW does, but I don't think they like doing it. I feel like the Phaeton was the right car in the wrong brand. Yeah, I agree. I feel like if they, if they was, would have released it as an Audi, it would have... Or even a Bentley at that time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it would have rivaled... Mm, probably not a Bentley, because Bentleys like a, had the, like are pretty quote, traditional in their in their layout up until that point. Maybe a quote-unquote Or Bentley didn't go to the W Bentley. Motors for a while. True. I mean, but either way, I mean, they've done those things over the years that are like world beaters just for the sake of it, and then they lose yeah. their face on it. You know, Bugatti, I don't, who knows, you know, if it's been, I'm sure it's been a loss. I mean, I know the original Veyrons were $5 million to make and they were sold at a million pounds. You know, yeah, right. I so, don't think Bugatti's ever been profitable. You know, I think it's always been buzz. more about the PR. So who's talking about buying them? My favorite company, because I love Croatia. We love Croatia. <laughs> what a great country. And they also happen to be the country that houses one of the hottest, fastest brands on the planet, Rimac, the makers of the Ooh. Concept 1, the Concept 2, truly just ballistic. They basically make about 90% of their components in-house. Porsche about 10% of them. They are the real deal. And so if Bugatti goes to them, I think that's a home run. Por I mean, VW unloads that, and then also Rimac has the technology to take the W16s out, yeah, unfortunately, because the times and stuff in the electronics that will keep it relevant for what it is. It's always a top speed monster. I think it's cool. I truly love the idea of a Rimac Bugatti marriage. I mean, yeah. that just seems like such a Perfect. such a logical way to progress that brand and keep them relevant. Now, does it make them some profitable car company? I don't believe so because it's still such low volume things but you know what pagani proved us wrong years ago so who knows but i think you that's know? what will make remark successful is like what they've done so far it's not even producing cars because then they produce 25 concept ones they're components it's their technology yeah. yes, like tesla exactly. you know but they sell it you know what i mean right. so either way so, go ahead yeah oh no i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt uh, i i very much think it's a cool way for Bugatti to be in the 21st century um i, I just don't see how do they follow up the chiron i told you before that i felt um, we would never see a successor to the Veyron. So we were, I feel like both shocked when the Chiron came out, that was kind of surprising to us. Um, but where do they go from there? Really? <laughs> you well, know, I mean, honestly, I think there's only one way to go. We're running out of time here on our final minute. I gotta say there's only one way to go. They, you know, they did the Devo, the track oriented, they did the pure sport, which is really cool. It's a more track oriented version of the Chiron. And then they did, you know, the limited 330 SS or 300 SS or whatever, you know, the top speed breaker. So they've done the swan song of the Chiron. There's only one way to go. And that is full blown crazy electrics, you know, like, you know, the lucids of the world and Koenigsegg and all these people that are doing some bonkers stuff like that. But we're talking those numbers like Rimac, which is putting down 1960 horsepower, yeah. you know, so in the Queen's math, 400 more than a Chiron or whatever. That Gosh. is the way for them, you know, and that's only going to progress. So the next thing, you know, if it comes out with 2200 horsepower or whatever. You know, that's the way to go. There's no way to go down. But 
really quick, we'll push it another 30 seconds here. Jason, all these events being canceled this year, next year, all this stuff. There's rumors the Geneva Motor Convention is going to come back in 2021. I got one question for you. Do you want to go? Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait for Geneva to happen. I, uh, yeah, I want to go. <laughs> I, I can't wait for auto shows to be back. I love an auto show. Well, then everybody out there, please do us a favor. Like, share, follow, do all that kind of stuff. Because then maybe we'll get press passes to the Geneva Motor Show. And we'll give you all kinds of scoops and goodies. But until we talk to you next time, do our favorite thing in the world. Be good to one another. And we will see you soon.